seeing what God is doing, and we're excited. We, we started a series on blessed life and living blessed and what that would be like and how we would do that and, and what's that entail. And so I promised I would begin to teach you. We've had so many new folks um, that are just saying, I, you know, tell me about what is the tithe and what is all that about? And, and we, I want you to know what God says, not what man says. I want you to hear what God says. So I'm going to give you in these next, we have five more weeks, including today. We started last week. Next week, we're going to talk about first place. We're going to talk about who's on first. And so if you've never seen the Abbott and Costello, who's on first, you'll get to see that in the beginning. Um, And just to kind of emphasize, we want to talk about who's going to be on first. But today we're going to talk about what test. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture in these next several weeks. So, I mean, uh, you know, these CDs, you can put in a request for them um, and we'll get them to you. Uh, We do have a, a duplicator that's in the media room and we can start when you know, once they get that on and they can burn that to a CD, uh, we can get those copies to you. You can go to uh, the website or iTunes. Um, they're doing some work on the web. So if it's not there, you can go to True Life uh, Marion at iTunes, I think, and, and he gets those up as quick as he can. And then you can and those are all free as well. So, you know, we just want to to bless you to the best of our ability. And so we want to again, we want to talk about just how do we walk blessed? How, what is our purpose? How do we do that? So um, I want to thank again Robert Morris and Gateway Church. They, they've just done a great job in, in teaching the body of Christ about giving. <laughs> so anyway, how many have ever been to school? Oh, most of you, okay. Um, and uh, this has happened to most of us. The teacher would say, are you ready? And we would say, ready for what? And they would say, ready for the test. And we would say, what test? And we oh, no, you know, and so... It would catch us off guard. Consequently, probably many of us didn't do well in school. I didn't do so well. I graduated at the top third of the lower bracket of my class. Um. (laughs) The reason it's called what test is because God gives us as believers a test pretty regularly. So how many of you get paid once a week? Just raise your hand. How many get paid twice a week or bi-weekly? Raise your hand. Probably a lot of us or most of us do that. How many get paid monthly? I've had that happen. How many don't get paid? Okay, <laughs> we're going to be praying for you. <laughs> My point is this. Every time we get paid, we're going to take a test on who we are going to thank for that increase. Every time that, that funds or provision comes in, we're, going to give, we're giving a test on who we give thanks to for that increase. And so who we're going to worship, who we're going to honor. And so there's a lot of people today in the sound of my voice, and, and we had done that years ago in the beginning, what we would do, we would honor Visa. You ever honor Visa with your increase? You know, uh, Kmart, uh, Kmart, Kmart, uh, Wally World, Walmart, uh, Meyer, some Columbia Gas, GMC. You know, I mean, it just depends on who we're going to. How about Ohio Edison? Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, whether we build, who we're going to honor with the increase. And you can fill in the blank with whoever and what. But the cool thing about the test is it's the only place in the Bible where it says that we can test God. You can test God, and that's in Malachi 3, 6, and 7. For those that were in my lower bracket, it's Malachi. Um, okay. Um, it says, uh, for I am the Lord. Now, look, you. I'd underline this in my Bible. I do not change. I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob, yet from the days of your father, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, in what, in what way shall we return? The reason God doesn't change is because he's perfect. 
You can't get better if you're already perfect. You don't have to change. You are the top. So he doesn't have to. He's, he is the best. He can't get better. There's nothing better than God. So you need to understand that. Uh, the word ordinances in the scripture we just read come from the word ordinary. That's where we get the word ordinary. And the meaning is it's a principle of ordinary behavior. So he's saying you've gone away from my ordinary principles. In other words, you've gone, you know, how many of this, this is what we ordinarily do. You've gone away from my ordinary principles. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. In what way have we? And now God is talking. I want you to remember he can't change. We just read that. And God is talking, and this is what he said. Will a man rob God? This is verse 8 through 12 of Malachi or Malachi. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will be not room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fall, uh, fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So I, I want to explain just a little bit of that. See, if, did you see in there where it says that um, we're not going to have enough room to receive it, but it says that God says that we could try him in this. That's that part. That's the only place where you can say, God says, I'll show you. You, you, you do what I'm asking and you watch what happens. I'm telling you, this is one of those things you can say, Brett, I don't believe it. Can I say if you give and I show you in these next last week and these next five weeks, if you will do this consistently, you will be walking in a way that you're like, this is unreal. God will do some things that you won't even you'll be like, I couldn't even imagine or think funny that that's in the word as well. I mean, there's just amazing things that will happen because God will bless you because you are giving to him first. I'm going to prove some of that to you today. Now, Malachi is a book about returning to God. In chapter one, it's returning to God in our faith. It's just coming back to God in our faith. Chapter two, returning to God in our family. Chapter three is what is always preached in churches. It's always that verse we just read, and it's always what you get hammered over the head with. You know, you're going to rob God, you're cursed with a curse, and that's what it says. I'm not taking away from what it says, but that's all that is told the body of Christ for the most part. Chapter 3 is returning to God in our finances. Chapter 4 is God returning to us. I want you to be blessed. I want you to understand what God is saying so that you can put the lines together. You can connect the dots, so to speak, and, and you can, all of a sudden, something will make sense. Are you with me? I mean, what you thought, well, I was, I'm a little confused about that. I'm going to try to get all the fog cleared away. We got fog lights built right in here. They're, they're right with you, so we'll get all that fog cleared away. You'll, you'll leave this place with a clear picture of God's purpose for your life that you can, I mean, you know, isn't it tough to find the purpose of God if you're just kind of living in a haze, living in a fog? You ever driven your car where you can't see much more than 10 feet past the, the headlights? It's kind of tough. You're kind of, I know this is my road. Or I know this is, but man, I can't even see the, the side or the, you need to have that, that burnt off so that you can go, that's where I'm going. He's showing me what I'm doing. <laughs> so since it's in Malachi, this is one of the biggest arguments you're ever going to find. If anybody starts talking about tithing, I've got people that I know that, you know, here's, they, uh, we're, not, we're not supposed to tithe, that's not what it means. And this is their argument. That's what they say. Here's one of their arguments anyway. That's Old Testament because it's in Malachi. Do you know that's right before the New Testament? But uh, that's Old Testament, and we are under a new covenant. That's Old Covenant. 
I want you to know that God put it there on purpose. He didn't make a mistake. How many knows that God does everything on purpose? He put it there on purpose because it's a test. It is a test. You understand that there's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament. But there's not an old God and a new God. It is the same God. We just read it. I do not change. I'm going to give you three points this morning about tithing. Three points are going to be easy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our first one, tithing is a test. And the word tithe means tenth or tenth part or 10%. That's what the word tithe means. But the number 10, if you look in the Bible, represents testing throughout the whole Bible. When you see the number 10, there's a test involved. And that's why it's 10%. That's why it's not 8%. That's why it's not 12%. God, on purpose, put it 10%. Can I just say, he's not fretting. I mean, oh, gee, I wish, he should have made it 8 he made it 10 because it's a test. I'm going to prove that to you. How many plagues were there in Egypt? You answer out loud. Okay, good. How many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? How many commandments are there? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? How many times were Jacob's wages changed? How many days was Daniel tested? How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25:10? How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation? How many disciples were there? Oh, somebody just testing you. Somebody's ready. Twelve. Come to the front of the class. You can get an apple later. God developed tithing just to test us. And he wants us to pass that test. When it comes to money, it becomes a bigger test than anything else. And if you struggle, don't don't feel condemned because I think we've all struggled from time to time. And sometimes you can be, you know, you just boom, you get blessed. You know, ah, I need that money. You know, I mean, I, I talked to somebody not long ago. That God blessed him with a, a bigger sum of money and and they had never been. Uh, we got to tithe off this this part. And uh, I've never given like that before. And I told him, I said, well, the enemy's going to fight you over. But you just do what you're supposed to do and you watch God will start blessing. And so they did that. And God certainly has done that so if you struggle just this is what i want you to do is just do what he says and do it as quickly as you can just obey the lord as quickly as possible it's pretty simple if i tithe i'm blessed if i don't i'm cursed let's look at that blessed cursed that's bless you (laughs) see that's why nobody says curse you no bless you here here's another one i can't be cursed because i'm a believer and since i'm a believer and jesus bore the curse on the cross for me i could never be under a curse they might tell you that does that mean as a believer i can live any way i want to and suffer no consequences no did jesus bear our sin on the cross first peter two twenty four says who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed that's first peter two twenty four So as a believer, have you ever sinned? Yes. Okay, how could you sin if he bore our sin? You know, so uh, so he also bore our sickness. Now, again, look at Matthew 8, 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. But as a believer, have you ever been sick? Come on, somebody. So the same principle applies to the curse. We got to understand, see, we can't just take the Bible and then change it and make it work for us. It is what it is. This is how he wrote it, and this is what he means. Like, remember last week we talked about 
judgment. We talked about good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, but it was only preached about giving. But it's not just talking. It can re, re, uh, giving can be in there, but it's talked about judging and condemning. And, and so we have to understand what God is saying. How about this? Tithing was part of the law. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. So I don't tithe. I'm just full of grace. Grace, grace, grace. Let's apply that thinking to other areas. <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell you some lies about somebody. I'm going to, I'm going to tell him about Furman. I'm just going to tell you some lies about Furman. Uh, I can do that because I'm a believer and I'm under grace, not the law. And the law says thou shalt not lie, but since I'm under grace, that doesn't apply to me. So I can just tell you lies. Does that work? No, that doesn't work. If I was to ask for somebody's wallet and said, here, let me have that. And they just give it to me and I just keep it. Well, that would be stealing. One of the commandments, thou shalt not steal. Well, that was the law. This is grace. Thank you very much. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> that doesn't apply. That doesn't work. So, uh, that's, you know, people that say I don't tithe because that was the law and now I'm under grace. That is a sorry argument. It doesn't really hold up. Um, how about this theology? I don't go to church because of all the hypocrites. That's like saying I don't go to the gym because there's a lot of people out of shape. I'm just saying. Here's what you're saying. Now listen to what I'm, my point is. If it was wrong under the law, is it now right under grace? No. Okay. Murder was wrong. It's still wrong. If it was wrong under the law, it's still wrong under grace. The law shows us the moral commandments of God. So if it was right under the law, it's, it's not now wrong. If tithing was right then, it's right now. Matthew five seventeen and 20. Now I have this in red. Do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will be by no means passed from the law till all of it's fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of these least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees was based on what? The law. That's what theirs was based on. The righteousness of grace always exceeds the righteousness of the law. Matthew 5, and now we're going to read on, uh, 21 through 22. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, uh, Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. So where did that come from? That came from the law. Jesus is saying, the law says don't murder. Grace says, don't even get that upset. Don't get mad. I mean, we, I, you know, there's, there is a righteous anger. I get that, but I'm just saying, we're talking about it. Jesus is saying, I'm gonna go further. Grace is gonna require more. Matthew 5.27 says, You have heard it was said of those of you, you shall not commit adultery. Where does it say that? That says that in the law. Verse 28, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust after her already has committed adultery with her in his heart. The law says don't do it. Grace says don't even think about it. 
Grace is always requiring more. So when people say, well, I don't tithe because I'm not under law, I'm under grace, my response would be, oh, you give more than 10%. Here comes point number two this morning. Tithing is biblical. So as we go through scripture, I just, you know, again, I just want you to see that I'm not making this up. I'm I'm getting it right from the word. (laughs) A lot of people don't tithe because they say it's not in the Bible. At least many of them will say, well, that's Old Testament. It's not in the New Testament. But I'm going to give you before the day's over. You're going to get some of this. But here's Genesis 14, 18 and 20. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. And that's Genesis. Many theologians says that Melchizedek here represents Jesus. And it's interesting, isn't it, that he brought out bread and wine. What was served at the Last Supper? Bread and wine. So this is talking about Abraham giving his tithe to Melchizedek. Now, this is 500 years before the law. 500 years before the law. Tithing predates the law. Next week, I'm going to show you something that's 2,500 years before the law. That's pretty huge. Genesis 28:22, Jacob speaking. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. That's 400 years before the law. Leviticus 27:30, God is saying, it's mine. And all the tithe of the lamb, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It's holy to the Lord. Deuteronomy 26, 1 and 2, and 13 and 15. Uh, 1 and 2 says, It shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land, and the Lord your God is giving you. Put it in a basket, go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. 13 and 15 says, Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house, also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, according to all your commandments, which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use, nor given any of it uh, for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people Israel and the land which you have given us, just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. What's he saying is this. He said, I've removed the holy tithe from my house and have taken it to your house because it doesn't belong to me. Remember, we talked about grieving. We talked about um, uh, when uh, they brought money up to me and I stuck it in my pocket. Scotty brought money up and I said, was he grieving because I had given them that money before the service and he just gave it back to me? He didn't grieve it because it wasn't his. And that, the whole point of that illustration is kind of coming to light right here. It doesn't belong to me, so I separate it how many knows when, when something's holy, it's sanctified and separated? And so we take that tithe out and we separate it for the Lord and we don't use it for any other purpose. We don't, uh, Kim, when we take our tithe out, she doesn't go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. We're going to pay this and this and this. I'm going to take this money from this bill and put it back in the tithe. She separates the tithe and that's untouchable. That just stays there because that goes to the Lord. Does that make sense? Okay, that's what we're talking about. Now, this next one's a great scripture, and it's in the New Testament, and it's in red. Jesus said you ought to tithe. Would you say, uh, if he told you that, would you say yes? Okay, or you might say, no, I'm still not. I'm just telling you. Let's think. Blessing, cursing. Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and 
human and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Here's what he said. He said, uh, you can give your tithe, but neglect justice, mercy, and, and faith. And Jesus said, you ought to do this. He's saying you ought to tithe. If that's the only scripture that's in there and Jesus says you ought to tithe, I'm in. I didn't need 17 other ones. If Jesus is telling me I ought to do it, then I'm going to do it. Hebrews 7, 1 through 3 says this, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, blessed him to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. Many theologians believe that this is Jesus. There, this is talking about Jesus here. That's what is represented here. And uh, that word image, like, or, or actually made like the Son of God, that word is translated into the word image. 4 and 8 reads this way. And again, I told you I'm giving you a lot of scripture, and then I'll go on, but I want you to see what God is saying. Consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils, and indeed those who are of the sons of Levi who received the priesthood have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law that is from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham, but he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here mortal man receives tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Now I love the last verse. I put my tithe in the basket, mortal men take it, but Jesus receives my tithe. I brought this just to kind of help that. Have you seen these before? <laughs> Here's somebody in the back. No. Oh. Okay. What are they? Jumper cables. Isn't that amazing? No, I'm not going <laughs> to. Oh! <laughs> That's not really charged. It is in a way, but okay. Here's my principle. What what he's saying, what we just read is right there. You know, you're like, oh, but I'm giving to the church. I'm not. It's not like God is taking me. According to that scripture, God is receiving your tithe. Are you catching that? You're giving it to mortal man, but but God is saying, I'm watching. I'm receiving that. And and this is like you know, people come up. We had a great service last Wednesday, did we not? Some of us were here till about eleven o'clock. But, I mean, it was a great service. But, okay, here's the thing. People come up and say, wow, that was just, you know, thanks for that. You know, they'll, they'll tell me or tell somebody else. And the response is, you know what, well, thank God. Because this is what this is. I'm just a jumper cable. I'm just connected to the source. So whatever God is telling you, you connect with him, it connects with you, and that power surge, that source, and God says, just as if you gave it you gave it to mortal man, but I'm receiving that. I hope that helps you. Does that help? I was praying this morning and all I could picture was jumper cables, so we'll see how I do that even second service. We're we're just we're connected with God. So here's our point number three. Tithing is a benefit. Tithing is a benefit. Second Chronicles 31, 4, moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute, support the priests and the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. Now, I, I, want, you to, I want you to hear my heart because I have this in my notes. I've seen how it's been preached. I, I understand the principle of it. 
But I want you to understand, because tithing is a benefit, it is what we are supposed to do because we honor God with what we have. What happens, and the great thing about TLC is that this last Christmas, for instance, we helped different families with Christmas that were in our church, not counting the families that we helped outside of our church, not counting the the missions that we gave to third world countries, not counting uh, Pastor Gary's church that we helped so he could go help places, not counting uh, uh, the ark, um, associated related churches that we give to every, that, that are starting churches everywhere across these great United States so that Jesus Christ can be preached. I'm, what I'm telling you is, is what happens when that, that's that whole jumper cable thing. I'm giving God and I'm thanking you because it's going someplace. It's happening because I've been obedient to that. You're helping. And so when you come to, to true life, you are supporting ministry that's supporting the work of the kingdom. So you need to understand that there's people that will have this mindset. Well, you're going to come to church and they're going to receive an offering and somebody's going to talk at you and and you're kind of like paying them to talk at you. You if you want to look at it that way, I mean, I can't stop you from looking at it that way. But what that verse is talking about is talking about the priest has time to go to the mountain, get from God what God is telling them to bring it back to the people so that they can hear from God. They can hear what God has told him to tell everybody, and I get all that. And the ministry of the kingdom can go forth. This isn't about that. This is about just saying, God, this is your kingdom. Did you know every kingdom has a king? And they they all have ways that this is how the kingdom is run. In God's kingdom, God is number one. He doesn't share that with anybody. And we have to understand that if we're going to experience the blessing of God, he has to be number one. Just, just, I'll get that word out. Statistics. Say that five times fast. Look at somebody. <laughs> it says one out of every five people tithe. So, you know, if we were going down the line of chairs and we, we counted five, I could say, yes, you do. No, 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 no. Yes, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, that's the stats in, in churches across the United States. One out of every five. What we have kind of came in and we've just started saying, you know what, I'm tired of fundraisers. I'm tired of. Uh, putting up a chart and with a needle and the thermometer and all that stuff. I'm tired of that because this is I just want people to understand if we just do what God says, we can do what God says. And if we, you know, you don't have to worry about, well, I can't give what so-and-so. Who cares? Give what you're supposed to give. Do what you're supposed to do. And, And as we do all of that, it's just amazing what God will do as we just start saying, God, you are number one. We don't have to do any fun. We have money to help people. We have money to do everything. Here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's, the good news is there's people that tithe. There's some people that come every week and they don't tithe. That's the good news. There are people that still do tithe. So there's food in the house. The bad news is, <laughs> I guess you still get to eat, but if you don't want to tithe, I can't do anything about the scripture that says you're blessed or you're cursed. If you don't tithe, you live under a curse. I can't sugarcoat that. I can try to make that sound nice, but I'm just saying some of us are struggling, struggling, struggling. Part of the reason, well, here's the reason. If you're not tithing, that's the reason. Here's the ugly. If you're the head of the house, you bring your family under that. And again, I'm just telling you what the book says. Two testimonies always ring true 
uh, of tithing across the board. Those that do and those that don't. Those that do, I'm so blessed. Those that don't, I can't afford to tithe. There's people that they figure this out and they'll downsize if that's what they need to do so they can quit robbing God. Then later they've been able to upsize way past where they were before because they put God first. That's not your motivation. I'm just telling you the facts. Second Chronicles 31, 5 and 10. As soon as the commandment was circulated, children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, all of the produce of the field. They brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. The children of Israel and Judah who dwell in the cities of Judah, brought the tithe of oxen, sheep, the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated to the Lord their God. They laid them in heaps. In the third month, they began laying them in heaps. And they finished in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people of Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings to the house of the Lord, we've had enough to eat and plenty left. For the Lord has blessed his people, and what is left is in great abundance. In other words, they had so much stuff. Everybody was eating. Everything was paid. Everything, And they had all this abundance to be able to bless and help everybody else. And people will see that. I say people will see that. I'm going to pick three guys. And I need the guys to be happy and know that it's an illustration. I'm going to pick on Scott. So I'm going to pick Scott. I got. I got. I would Tim, but it's got to be a. It's got to be a man. Although I do like the fact that you raise your hand. You have no idea what I was going to say, though, do you? We need three guys to clean the the restrooms. And Tim, you're no. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick Wyatt. Can I use you? We'll use Wyatt Furman. I'll use you as well. Pick put three guys right up here. Just come up, stand by Scott. Now. This is an illustration. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is only an illustration. I'm going to give each of these guys $10,000 every month. This is only an illustration. Okay. (laughs) Yes, I love this church. Okay, and what we're going to do is we are going to, this is what I'm going to ask them. I'm going to ask each of these guys, I'm going to give them 10 grand every month. And I'm going to leave. Say, I got to go away, but I want my wife taken care of. I want Kim taken care of. So I'm going to say, I'm going to send you guys each $10,000. All I want you to do is take 10% of that. What's 10% of 10,000? $1,000. I want you to take $1,000, send it to Kim. You can keep nine. I don't care what you do with the nine. Just take a thousand, give it to her every month. That's pretty good, isn't it? Okay. So I I go away. I'm overseas on a trip or something. I, I get a hold of Kim about three months later and I say, Hey, babe, so good to talk to you. Hey, I, I, you know, the guys I got to take care of you, how's it going? And Kim says, you know, that Scott Del Vecchio, he's awesome. I mean, every month, like clockwork, 10, you know, I get $1,000. You gave him that 10, he's $1,000, man, just comes in, man. So I've gotten it every month. I said, what about Wyatt? She said, Wyatt is amazing. He's amazing. I said, why? He sends me two grand every month. Two? I only told him to send you one. He sends me two. He's been sending two every month. Like, that's sweet. How about Furman? Well, Furman, I need to talk to you about Furman. <laughs> Furman's like, I knew I shouldn't have been so excited. She said, Furman, the first month he sent me $700. The second month he, he sent me 400 and I haven't even got anything the third month. 
Now, if you... <laughs> no name calling. <laughs> you big knucklehead. <laughs> so if you were me, and I was sending $30,000 out, 10 to each of them, what would I, you know, what would I do with... Now, this is an illustration, because you know I... Furman would give the shirt off his back. What would I do with Furman? Would I keep sending him money? No, because why? He's, he's robbing from me, isn't he? He's stealing from me. He's not even doing, I mean, he's getting $10,000 and he's not even getting. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut Furman off and I'm probably going to give it to this guy because this guy I can trust. He's sending her 2000 and I only ask him to do one, but he wants to make sure she's taken care of. I'm like, sweet. I might even give this guy a little more, but I'm not going to give Furman any. Illustration. Just saying. I would give Furman anything. So anyway, um, you guys can sit down. Thank you very much. You see, what this shows me is how much they love my wife for me. That's what it shows me. I need you to take care of Kim because I'm going to be out of the country. I can't take care of her. Could you take care of her? Yes. Scott is immediately, I'm a thousand dollars, man. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine him going home to Andy? I got nine grand, baby. (laughs) I cannot believe he just said that. Of course, if you win, we will tithe off that, right? Okay. Jiminy. Powerball. Touch him, Jesus. Okay. What's going to happen? I mean, so he's going to take care of her. I see that. Wyatt is going to make sure, man, I'm, I just want to, I'm so appreciative of what he's done for me and how much he loves her. I, I love her for him. And I'm going to send her two grand. I want to relate that. Jesus has come, went to the Father, and he says, while I'm gone, I want you to take care of my church. The church is the bride of Christ. What are we doing with that? Are we going to be like Scott or, or, or Wyatt and be like, God, whatever you tell me, I'm going to, I'm going to do at least what, what is required in your word. But, you know, Wyatt was like, I'm, I'm man, I'm more. And, and it doesn't mean that Furman over here was a bad guy. It just means that life is happening to him and maybe he's feeling pressure. But you don't understand, Brett. I mean, I do want to help her. It doesn't mean his heart is bad. Listen to me. His heart might be really good, but here's the thing. It's obedience. It's trust. Did you know faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen? If you're believing God, it's going to take your faith. On paper, to give, it's going to be like, ah, it's not. But hope is your focus on your binoculars. Hope is pulling that in. While you're standing on what doesn't seem like it's going to be happening, this is what Jesus is doing. Evidence. Get me some evidence. Got some evidence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Furman's changed his mind. Now he's going to give to me. I'm gathering evidence. And what is happening then is God is gathering all of the things that are needed so he can obey and do because God can't get. He's the best. He has to do his covenant. He has to do his word. When we apply what I'm trying to get to you, you're going to be like, I'm going to take care of the bride because Jesus is coming back. I just need you to understand he has an accounting degree. Okay, he knows what you make. He 
knows more than the IRS. He is the J-E-S-U-S. That was good. I just threw that in there. See, every time we get paid, this is what we're telling Jesus. What we think of him. How much we love him. How much we love his bride, the church. And that's what he's asking. As we read the scripture today, there's a test. If you pass, you're blessed. Now, if you're like, Rhett, I have messed it. I tithe one week. I kind of tithe the next week. Kind of like what we showed with the illustration with Furman. Really, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. Can I just say this? And and I'm not saying that, you know, God's not going to condemn you. And and I'm sure your effort is valiant. I'm not, I'm not, I understand tough. But again, there are not two options other than yes or no. Jesus even said when it comes to, you know, if you're going to be, you're either going to be hot or cold. Lukewarm isn't going to make it. And I'm saying that in as much love as I can. I just want you to understand, I'm not trying to get something out of you. I'm trying to get something to you. God's going to take care of me whether you do anything or not. And I've had to learn to live like that because I haven't always lived like that. But I've had to say, God, I just trust you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, you know what? I've, I've been close. Oh, I've been so close. I want to. Do you love his bride? Do you love him? You could literally watch the Bible lived out in your life if you'll walk this. It's true. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes?